everybody. Welcome to another episode here in the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts from the side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, Mr. Tad Desai. And Tad, we're continuing right along. We got our week six start and sit picks here today. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I have much else to really get into. Like, I mean, oh, really? really? You're just going to drop that? You're going to drop that fish right in my lap? Yeah, kind of. Like, okay. I mean, I, I, I usually have some sort of like buddy, you know, creative buddy, intro come here. Maybe, on. maybe you need to carry some of the load here. Well, all right. I will absolutely <laughs> do so. We're almost halfway through the NFL season. What an insane NFL season this has been. We are seeing the apparent collapse of Deshaun Watson. We are seeing uh, Mike Tomlin's possible first losing season in what 20 years i don't know why i'm focusing on the afc north because it's probably one of the most fascinating divisions the Bengals are good uh your 49ers are one of the best teams i've ever seen in my life i don't know if you know this but your quarterback has not only the best stats but the best story since one of my favorite quarterbacks and certainly my mother's favorite quarterback of all time kurt warner so it's it's I mean, come on. This is a great football season. This team everyone thought was tanking, the Arizona Cardinals, are competitive. I mean, dude, how can you not be enthusiastic about football? It's, it, you know what? This is a rare Moneyball quote that is not the 50 feet of crap one. But it's at the end of the movie when Brad Pitt is watching the fat guy around in the bases. And he starts crying, which, by the way, I absolutely did not cry during. How can you not be romantic about football? Like, come on, no, man. This is a great season. No, I get you. I get you. I guess just for me, I'm trying to stay a little bit more grounded because, you know, the Why? Niners have been, I think it's more specific as a Niners fan because it's like the Niners have been this successful in 2019. They started that season 8-0. They did get to the Super Bowl. They ultimately lost it. You look at the last two years, they got to the NFC Championship game. Both games they probably could have won. Obviously, last year with the Judd. Uh, Brock Purdy injury, we don't know what would have happened if he was healthy. He obviously got the game against the Rams where they led majority of it, then they threw it away at the end sort of thing there. So I mean, it's just like, I've been in this situation before where they've been really good and just ultimately they fell a little short. So it's it's very reminiscent of the um the Kobe Bryant meme during the finals where he's up to all the reporters asking him, he's like, so how you feeling right now? Why aren't you more excited? He's like, job's not done. Is the job done? Should I be excited? So it's like, that's kind of my mentality right now where it's just like, I've been in this situation before, but, you know, I haven't led to, you know, everything coming to fruition and getting that sixth Super Bowl here in the Bay Area. Okay, so no, no, I try to stay no, a little grounded. Right, but, yes, right. the overall, no, no, everything on, that you said, hold on, hold everything on. that you said, the season has been very exciting. I've been loving it. But just, yeah, as a particular, specifically as a Niners fan, I've tried to stay a little bit more grounded. No, you are so right. I am so sorry for all those failed playoff performances. <laughs> With all your teams with winning records, uh, with like, oh my God, we have a quarterback. That quarterback got us the playoffs. Let me find my tiny violin that's laying around here somewhere. You shut up. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, believe me, this season has been great. There's been a lot of God interesting stories. is Brock pretty good. Of- How is he not an MVP consideration? He is. I think he's Amazing. at 650 odds right now. I think he is. Uh, I think. Okay, uh, not bad. Fifth or sixth as far as, like, overall among other candidates. So, honestly, I mean, Tad, we usually get to our bets at the end, but that's a sneaky good play. That is a good If you want to play, put some money on there, you can get some good money for that one, especially, you know. McCaffrey, too. McCaffrey is the non-QB. I bet the odds on that are pretty good. 
he is, I think, still at like top 10. So he's not the top five or like the top, you know, six where like Purdy is around that range, but he is in the top 10. He has the best odds among non quarterbacks. So if he continues his amazing, you know, performances that he's been doing, then it's a chance. But I mean, he needs to sort of keep it up. And I don't know if the Niners will want to wear him out as the season goes along. So Would you play him in the fourth play. quarter? Please start playing that man in the fourth quarter. <laughs> you are so killing my fantasy we will team. See. But yeah, 100% Brock Purdy, sneaky dark horse candidate. If you want to make some money, put some money on him winning the MVP because mm-hmm. it could happen. Not it bad. very well could happen. Um, as we always do, Tad, we always get to the end of the week here. We're here recording on a Friday, so we're going to talk about our starts at six here for week six. Uh, just a reminder, we brought this up in our waiver wire episode early in the, uh, early, earlier in the week, excuse me, but there are only two teams on a bye week, so make sure you're accounting for them. And, Tad, you made up a great point last week as well. We do have another London game, so make sure you're accounting for both the Ravens and the Titans starting at a earlier time. If you're on the West Coast like me, that's 6.30 a.m. that you need to make sure that your rosters are set. If you're Tad, you got a little bit more of a two-hour cushion there with it being 8.30 a.m. And if you're on the East Coast, obviously, 9.30 is not that bad. It's still early. It's still early. No, no, no. It's not early. It's not early. It's too early. (laughs) I have have two days a week. I have two days a week where I can sleep in without children screaming at me. Do you want to know the first thing one of my students told me this past Thursday? I was wearing a red plaid shirt. That's it. It was just a red plaid shirt. That was it. I'm tired. It's 745 in the morning. I'm sitting down. I'm getting class started. And one of these kids looks at me and goes, you look like a lumberjack. I have two days, two days of escape from that. (laughs) I should not need to worry about one of those two days affecting my fantasy team. But regardless, like you said, and by the way, this is another interesting thing to note is not being played in Wembley where most London games were played in is being played in the Tottenham Hotspurs uh, stadium. Don't ask me where it is. I do not know. All I know is now they are expanding around London, which Mm -hmm. is even more annoying. So anyway, you are correct. Ravens, Titans. My, I'm sorry, England. <laughs> so, yeah, we got that game. And like I mentioned, we got two teams on a bye week. So make sure you're counting for players that are playing for the Green Bay Packers and the Pittsburgh Steelers because both of those teams are on a bye week. So make sure you're not starting any of those players because obviously you're not going to get points for them. Um, but let's get to our choices here, Tad. Some more, you know, we're obviously not going to give you some obvious picks. Like, you know, at this point, Tad, I think it's safe to say that it's like you're going to be starting with Brock Purdy on a week-to-week basis. You know, you're going to be starting Christian McCaffrey on a week-to-week basis. You're going to be starting, you know, I think now that Jonathan Taylor's side, you're going to be starting Jonathan Taylor on a week-to-week basis. Uh, we'll so get to that. Give you we will picks. get to that. We'll get to that. Okay, so we're gonna, we're not going to give you those picks. We're going to give you some of those like borderline, you know, interesting start to sit decisions. If you play in deeper leagues, these dis, uh, these sort of decisions can affect your roster whether you're going to win a given week or lose a given week. And possibly some guys that we brought up in our waiver wire episode earlier in the week, they may be making an appearance in today's episode as well. So Tad, let's start at the quarterback position here. Um, I got to start for you, so I'm actually going to kick off today's episode. Oh, finally! Yeah. All right, I'm going to mute my mic. You go for it. I'm ta- I'm taking the break. <laughs> So actually, this was sort of a gift from you because I think you initially were suggesting this guy. And so then you're like, no, I got to go in a different direction. You decided to pivot. So thankfully you did that. Um, But I'm going to go with this guy that you had an idea as with as well. And I'm going to go with it here. Justin Fields, the quarterback for the Chicago Bears versus the Minnesota Vikings. So 
The Vikings defense is horrendous. And they're playing a Bears defense. That is also horrendous. So the Vikings defense is currently giving up the seventh most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks so far this season. Um, Fields has back-to-back games, Ted, where he has thrown for four passing touchdowns. And so looking at this matchup in a divisional game against the Minnesota Vikings, I could see it being four, uh, three straight of him having four passing touchdowns. Like, I think he could have those sort of numbers, like just based on what I'm seeing with him in these last two games, the recency bias, maybe that's, I'm going a little bit too much into that, but I think just what I'm seeing is just, I'm a little bit more comfortable from this bears offense that they're finally getting things going. They're getting fields into a situation where he can sort of make plays um, and not with his legs. Surprisingly, Ted, like we saw it last year towards the end of the season where he just became a dynamo with the Colts, ball. Colts take notes. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you utilize a mobile yeah, so, quarterback. I mean, we saw it last season, Ted, with Fields, where he was just an absolute dynamo with the ball in his hands, and he was becoming a legit runner at the quarterback position. But I think this year they're like, okay, let's see if we could sort of beat teams through the air now, and they're forcing him to be an actual, you know, a quarterback as opposed to being a running back at the quarterback position. So he hasn't used his legs as much, Tad. Currently, he's averaging under 40 rushing yards per game through five weeks of action. So based Dude, on what we saw last that year, that was a perfect not... chance for you to play over under. You would have gotten me with that. Yeah, but that's your game. I don't want to step yeah, into fair. that sort of boundary too much there. But yeah, so he's definitely, you know, I think this game, like I said, I think the Vikings defense presents a lot of opportunity for the bears to sort of, you know, allow Justin Fields to be that guy that he was last year. And the cherry on top of that Sunday as to why we'll see more rushing guards today, Tad, you name it. The bears running back is injured. Khalil Herbert's yeah. injured. Roshan Johnson is injured. Yeah. DJ, I think Travis Holber, sorry, Travis Holber. Roshan Johnson's He's out. hurt too. I, yeah, I mentioned trial. Roshan oh, Johnson as well. So it's like all these guys are hurt. Um, Deontay Foreman is healthy. He's going to be suiting up. So I think he's going to be playing. Um, And I, they brought up somebody from the practice squad. I'm blanking on who that was. Um, But just, yeah, so they're going to be healthy for the game as well. But overall, it's just. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, there seems to be some sort of issues with the uh, Chicago Bears backfield. So that could be another reason that they're like, okay, Justin Fields, this game is all you. Dominate the Vikings force in a divisional game. Sort of get us back into that divisional race because it's a little bit wide open behind the Detroit Lions. We'll see what's going to happen the rest of the season, but it's a very critical game for the Bears within the division. And I very much like Justin Fields to have a field day against the Minnesota Vikings. You're proud of yourself for that one. Field, that was an intentional. Field day. That was an intentional. That was oh, an intentional. bullshit. <laughs> Get out of here. Fields, field day, really? It came to I me mean, last second, I will God. say. That is like, it, the, you I, can look at my notes. Uh, yeah, you have access to yeah, my notes. Yeah, it's I, not in my notes. I don't trust you at all. <laughs> Fields and field day, my God. Uh, I will say this is uh, – I was I was bordering on this take as well of like you know also taking start Justin Fields and it was funny because I looked at the percentages of him being started in leagues in ESPN they're seventy seven percent which is by the way much higher than I thought which is right. good because that shows that most of these ESPN managers are aware like this is a hot streak that is not just a random hot streak. The NFL season is long, people. The Chicago Bears are being written off as complete disasters, even by Chicago Bears fans just a couple weeks ago. But I never really bought into that talk. Uh, I think I brought this up on the podcast a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was off camera, where I got a massive fight with a friend of mine, Matt, who has been brought up many times on this podcast, where he was like, if we suck, we're going for Caleb Williams. So I told him, no, this is not Justin Fields' fault. 
And I, finally, I was proven right two weeks after the fact. This is a long NFL season. I think this is the Bears kind of rebuilding process everybody was expecting. So I absolutely 100% agree with you that Justin Fields is a starter who those other 23% of people who have not started him yet should because, like you said, this Vikings defense is, in my personal opinion, after Thursday night, maybe the worst in the NFL. Because at least Thursday night, the Broncos kind of shut. It was between them or the Broncos. And the Broncos at least kind of kept the Chiefs in check. So for now... At least, like as of recording, which Immerse was is is Friday night before week six. Yeah, I I think this is a great pick. I think uh, while he may not light it up, I think Justin Fields is good for at least twenty points. All right, all right. So Tad, who do you like as a sit? Because we usually do the opposites here. So who well, do you I mean, like? Who do you uh, like as a sit? That's a bit of an oxymoron, but yeah, you know, but I'll, I'll, I think I'll, this, I'll run yeah. with it. No, that's fair. I, everybody get got what you mean. I just like giving you a hard time. Um, so I like him as a sit. But I still like him as a starting quarterback. I never thought I'd say this, especially because this is one of the the many, many people I blame for my favorite team of my childhood moving away from my city. Jared Goff, he – oh, my God. Like, I don't know, like, how – what this turnaround is. Like, how do you move away from Sean McVay and somehow become better? I don't know, man. It's so weird. It's so weird. With that said – he is a sit in my book for this mm. week. And this is not an indictment on golf. This is an indictment on a very, at least in my opinion, surprisingly good Buccaneers offense. Amir, over under. What is the most amount of points the Buccaneers have allowed on uh, for an imposing quarterback? 19.5. 19.5. Um, you're talking about this season, right? This season, yes. Um... I'm going to say, looking at the teams that they played, I don't think they played anybody that significant. Um, so I'm going to say under. It's over. <laughs> is it slight over? Is it like 20? Is that what it is? Even less, 19.8. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But with that said, that's the most amount of points they've allowed to opposing quarterbacks this year. So they have yet to allow an opposing quarterback to go for over 20 points. Look, Jared Goff, Amon, Saint, uh, Amon Ra St. Brown is apparently coming back. I want to I put apparently on there because it's not been confirmed yet, but he's been a full participant in practice. So it's looking like St. Brown's coming back. Even with that, though, this Buccaneers defense looking way better than I definitely I gave them credit for. I feel like what most gave them credit for. So this Buccaneers offense or uh, excuse me defense I think is going to give golf a little bit tougher of a time than a lot of these people are expecting. If you're like me, where you have Deshaun Watson, who shockingly I don't know about you, I was surprised by the news that Deshaun Watson is not playing this weekend. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's surprisingly a bigger issue that a lot of people are saying because I there's also so reports that have come up that's like he may miss a couple more weeks. And it's not just because you have to remember that he sat out the game before the bye week. So that was week four. Then they had the bye week in week five. And then now he's going to miss this week. And now people are saying he may miss another couple of weeks. So it's like, yeah, this shoulder contusion or whatever they're deciding to call it. Yeah, it might be a bigger issue for Deshaun Watson than a lot of people originally expected. So I see a lot of Deshaun Watson managers be like, well, Jared Goff is in a high power offense. He's going against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, their record's good, but they're how good are they really? That offense, that's a fair question. That defense, that defense is really good. 
So I think a lot of people are going to fall into this trap of just like, oh, the Lions are a high-scoring offense. The Buccaneers aren't that good. Let's go for Jared Goff. I'm saying no. Bench him for this week. But how about this? I think after this week, because I think my prediction for Jared Goff is he's going to have like 14, 15 points for you, which is a fine performance. But that's not the performance you need from your quarterback to win a game. That's why I'm very nervous because I start Patrick Mahomes, who currently has me 17.5. Yeah, I am not happy with him. Don't get me started on that. With that said, how about this? I think Jared Goff for the season moving forward is a great pickup if he is still available in your league, which last I checked is about 30% of ESPN leagues. He is still there for a pickup. Jared Goff for comeback player of the year. No. Why not? Because he sort of broke out last year. So it's like this season is He just did not. No, no, no. But this is his true breakout. See, I yeah. knew you were going to hit back on me. No, he is absolutely a comeback no, player of the year. No, this dude no, was in the gutter no, when he was no. traded. It doesn't matter. Like, I mean, yes. By all definition, yes, he is having a coming out party and he's going to have a breakout season this year. But he's definitely not going to be in contention for comeback player of the year. Like, that is absolutely not He should be. No, I'm not saying will he be. I'm saying he should be. This dude is leading one of the top offense. I mean, we were just talking about what a great story Brock Purdy is. I I know it's not as Cinderella-ish as Brock Purdy's or as Kurt Warner's, but the number one overall pick that the entire betrayal city of Los Angeles turned on. And then he goes to Detroit of all places. And now all of a sudden he's getting the middle finger to the entire NFL. That's an amazing story. Come on. That's it's a comeback. Great story. It's not a comeback story though. It's not a comeback. It's a comeback story. No, I don't think so. Comeback play so. of the year. Book it. Book it for what? Like dead wrong take of the year? That's exactly what it's going to be for sure. But let's move on here, Tad. We definitely got a lot of other positions we got to get to. So let's get to the running back position here, Tad. And so surprisingly, um, running backs is interesting. Like, I mean, it's I think hard. there's some that are looking harder. good. Obviously, you've got some guys that are getting hurt. and They're just not looking as dependable as they thought. And so it's just like it's very interesting here. So, I mean, these picks are going to be, I don't know. It could go either way. But just do you have a start or do you have a sit this week? For those who are listening on the podcast, Dad Thank is you, I was about to do that. Horned frogs it, thing with the weird curled fingers. Like I, it's, I don't it's, understand. It's funny. It. I will, I will walk you through what they do at student orientation. Right? It's bunny foo foo. You gotta do it with me. It's bunny. No. You gotta no. do it with me. Go to hell. I'm, I'm not doing, doing anything. This podcast. I'm not doing anything. You I don't support the TCU horned frogs. I don't care purple. if you support them or not. No. You gotta do it with me. Not doing it. Bunny foo foo. Give me the bunny foo foo. Give me the goddamn bunny foo foo. No. Buddy Fufu. I'm going to kill the podcast right here. Like, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> Fine, because he's a spoil sport. For our podcast listeners, the Buddy Fufu is you stick two fingers in the air, just like number two, okay? And then you curl your top. Well, this is an always sunny debate, if I'm getting that reference right, where uh, you t- take your two knuckles. Yeah, bend them over. Let's go, frogs. I'm going to get you to do that, buddy, foo-foo. But anyway, point being is the reason I'm syncing up the TCU Horned Frogs, a.k.a. the National Runners Up, is because, don't you say it. I know you want to say don't you say it. You brought it up first. Yeah, you shut your mouth. I'm not going to say anything, but you brought it up. Not, so I could have. I could have. When was the last time San Jose State made the national championship? I don't think they were ever going I to. Just, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Just, just, just. Point being is, the reason I'm bringing this up is because, surprisingly enough, actually, the most successful TCU rookie so far in the NFL 
it's Amari DiMarcado. Uh, and I was actually, I was visiting a high school friend during the later half of the afternoon games. By the way, don't ever do that. It's terrible. Because I miss all those finishes. I'm like, what happened? And like, I was on my drive home, like, oh my God. But anyway, is DiMarcado is the guy moving forward for the Arizona Cardinals. And it was funny because I remember back in, I want to say July, we were doing our uh, head coaching deep dives where mm-hmm. we broke down, not just the head coaches, but their coordinators as well. Kind of saying like, Oh, this is what their system's going to look like. And when it got to the Arizona Cardinals, you and I were both saying Drew Petzing. Yeah. We have no idea. Yeah. We have no I mean, idea what the question going to look like because the former Cleveland Browns quarterback coach, had no scheme making experience, but now we're kind of giving, uh, getting a more familiar idea of what that offense, of what his ideal offense is going to look like. And let me let me tell you, that offense runs the ball a whole lot. So before he got hurt, James Conner only had 14 carries in less than one game, meaning that he had 14 or more carries in every game of the season except for one. I'm not counting the one he got hurt in, especially because he had 11 and two quarters. James Conner went down in the second quarter and he had 11 carries to that point. So this offense runs through the run. So I think that DeMarcado, whether or not, you know, the the debate of if he's talented enough to carry this number one role is a fair one. I'm not going to be a total homer there being like, he's going to be the best ever. I'm not going to do that. But what I am saying is he's going to get enough touches to make him fancy relevant. And just as the same as it was with James Conner is he is completely Fan, or uh, he's completely touchdown dependent when it comes to his fantasy relevancy, meaning as long as he can get a touchdown, he will put up enough yards to at least be worthy of a flex spot. So for now, I am saying that Amari DiMarcado against a struggling Rams defense is absolutely worth a flex start, potentially even in the running back two territory. Yeah, I think the big thing, Ted, that you need to highlight as well is that James Conner is hurt, and they put him on the IR. So he's going to be out for he's four out for a weeks. while. And so, I'm so mad. I missed out on him on the waivers. That was – that. Mm. Yeah, so if DeMarcado can sort of separate himself this week because Keontae Egram is still dealing with the neck issue himself, so he's the other backup running back. They did elevate Corey Clement off the practice squad, so, I mean, he's going to be in the mix as Corey well. Corey Clement's a – Cardinal? But I think the biggest thing is just if Keontae Ingram comes back next week and DiMercado does not have a good game this week, which I think he will as well. So I'm very much in the same boat as you. That's like that's why I picked him as a waiver wire edition last week uh, or excuse me, earlier this week. It always seems like last week. When we it blends together. It's OK. Um, so I'm very much in the same boat. That's like I think he could separate himself. So if he could do that, I think he will garner more of the carries going forward while James Conner is out. And even when James Conner comes back, they may decide to split the load a little bit more because, like you said, Drew Petzing likes to run. So maybe they'll focus on the run a little bit more. They'll go a lot with James Conner and also with DiMercato. But, yeah, if DiMercato can have a good game against the Rams, which me and Tad both think he will, I think that will really help his stock going forward while Connor is out for sure. Hold off any sort of aspirations that Keontae Ingram may have of taking some of that lead role while Connor is out as well. So yeah, very much like in DeMarcado as well. Um, I'm going with the guy that I thought was going to have a lot bigger of a season with the unfortunate news of J.K. Dobbins being out for the entire season. But don't, so far, I haven't seen it. Don't you say it. This, so far, this, I haven't man, seen it. this man is dead to me. I'm, I'm waiting for it. Hopefully there's still a lot more of the season to go. Maybe he's going to find it, but just so far, I haven't seen it yet. Um, Gus Edwards. Fuck you, Gus Edwards. Baltimore Fuck Ravens. you. I'm, I'm, um, I'm sorry. So I'm going to mute myself. You, you do, you do you. 
Fuck this, you, Gus. This, this one's tough. Yeah, it's just I, I thought he was just going to emerge a lot more. But just, yeah, I think the biggest thing, too, it's not just Gus Edwards, though, but just this Ravens offense overall. It's so annoying. It's just it's like they're getting used to Todd Munkin again. Like, I mean, it's just I don't know what exactly is happening. They're just not fully in, in you know. They're not in sync. I think that's probably the best way that I can sort of put there. It's just like you're seeing some flashes here. I think Lamar Jackson had a two rushing touchdown game performance. I think it was last week. But then you look at uh, this uh, past week where they played the Steelers. You thought it was going to be shoe and win, but they look terrible on offense. That allowed the, the Steelers to sort of hang in there, come away with the victory at the end. So it's just like, I don't know what team is going to show up. And we already brought this up earlier, Tad, but this game is being played in London. And so it's like automatically you got two teams going to London. You don't know what you're going to expect from either team. Like, are they going to be used to the sort of the time chase? This is the second time ever that the Baltimore Ravens are going to London. So it's like, they're not even used to making that travel a lot of the time. Like, you know, your Jaguars where they go every year, you know, sort of thing. So it's like that could play a factor too. But I think the bigger thing too, is that the Titans surprisingly, as bad as their offense is, their defense is actually pretty damn good because the Titans have only allowed the ninth fewest rushing yards per game in the NFL so far. And if you look at that Ravens offense, if they're looking to try to establish that run, I don't think they'll be able to do it against the Titans. So I'm glad you brought up the international game uh, aspect of this because I that was a big reason why I benched Christian Kirk last week. And Christian Kirk actually, I'm not going to say amazing. He had like 11 and a half points, but it was a solid performance. And I was like, man, how did I, how did I go wrong there? How did I predict that wrong? And this is the whole thing is if you look at Christian Kirk's performance before that game, it was good, but not great. It was largely opportunistic. And cause I know people are going to go, he only still scored over 10 points. Yes, he did. But if you actually look at the context of those points, it wasn't that good. The Jags, which uh, in fact, I just learned today played back to back London games. They did. Mm-hmm. That's the key right there. So I'm right there with you is I don't trust anyone that is not doing that where you're at the same place for a week straight, because I'm telling you guys that plays a huge difference in their performance of, okay, now we're used to the jet lag. Now it's all gone. Now we're used to London. Okay. Now we can perform better. Hence why the Jags, at least fancy wise killed it in that game. These two teams are going in. Basically this is their first week in London. So, no, I, I absolutely am with you. I don't trust any of these Ravens running backs. It's it, Frankly, the only two players I trust in the Ravens offense anymore are Lamar Jackson, which is on the border anyway because he's been iffy, to say the least. Yeah. Mark Andrews is really the only guy I'm really trusting to produce for me consistently. And then once again, that sort of hinges on whether Lamar Jackson plays well. So if Lamar Jackson's not playing well, then Mark Andrews is not going to play well. So Yeah, no. So this whole Ravens offense, I know I was speaking Zay Flowers' praises. I think he's a good receiver. I think he will have a very good NFL career. But for now, for this year, like you said, it's weird. Because you ask me what's going wrong with this Ravens uh, offense, I don't I, – I think it's scheme. It's because these receivers are pretty good. I'm not going to say they're, they're amazing. The receivers are pretty solid. They have a fairly deep running back room. Uh, their tight ends are obviously set. Their offensive line's really good. I don't know what's going wrong here. Yeah, it's very interesting. But yeah, Gus Edwards, I think he's at the forefront of that. It's just hard for him to... Um, I, it's hard for me to envision him having a successful game is yet to go over 50 yards in any of the games that he's played this season. So yeah, I think it's just, unfortunately this is a sit for sure this week. So Tad, um, let's get to the wide receiver position. Now, who do you got for me as a start or a sit this week? Okay. 
it's time for me and all NFL and fancy listeners, the smartest fancy listeners, because you're listening to us, to have a conversation. It's going to be a tough conversation. I know you love him. He's really good. He's a lot of fun. Okay? I understand that. I understand you're like, no, 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 he, he could get better. He's not going to get better. Okay? It's time to move on. Okay? The best quarterback to ever play this sport, Aaron Rodgers, while all the, while you're reading all these reports of like this man is an absolute insanity, which he is, by the way. I'm not going to deny those reports because that man, in more ways than one, is an insanity. He's not coming back this season. He's, he's not going to do it. No. Don't buy in those reports. And ever since he went down, his top or supposed top target, Garrett Wilson, has only surpassed 12 fantasy points once a season. And by the way, the only time he did it, did that, it was 13. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson is no longer a viable fantasy starter. I know you're holding out hope. And here's the thing is I tell you on this podcast time after time after time, it's all about the targets. This is the incredibly rare, rare case where I will say I don't give a shit about the targets because clearly those targets are like five yards above him. So he can't do anything with it. I'm not even a Jets fan. And this infuriates me. So I think Garrett Wilson at this point is a fantasy, like borderline flex option at most. At worst, I'm telling you right now, maybe it's time to drop Garrett Wilson. Before you start yelling at me like, oh, that's insane. How dare you? He's Garrett Wilson. He is currently ranked as a fantasy wide receiver number 29. Okay, so I think that going against one of the best defenses in the Philadelphia Eagles, this defensive line is going to absolutely destroy Zach. If Zach Wilson survives this game, that's a win. Just put a put a W in the Jets. Col- it won't matter. That'll be their last one of the season. Just put a W in the Jets column if Zach Wilson somehow gets through this game unscathed. Because this Philadelphia defensive line against this Jets offensive line is going to wreak Havoc. So I think with that, even though they're going to be passing a lot to try to stay in the game, I do. I see no way that Garrett Wilson is somehow productive in this game. And honestly, how about this, Samara? I honestly think there's an argument to be made that Garrett Wilson should be cut from most rosters. You're going to get no fight from me because I mean, we sort of talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I had him as a sit a couple of weeks ago, if I remember correctly. And we sort of had the same exact conversation where it's just, it's hard to trust this offense now, especially with their issues of the offensive line, the change at quarterback. Unfortunately, you know, we're, we just, we can't buy into Zach Wilson. I mean, just, it's unfortunately, no, we're just not so seeing bad. it from him. He's so bad. You know, he's, he's, he's trying his best he obviously was able to you know pull up that win on the very first uh, week of the season with that game against you know um the buffalo bills uh, buffalo bills also sort of gifted in that game it was and the he, outlier leave it alone <laughs> now i'm not i'm not screaming able- at you i'm screaming at the media of like well he was really good against one of the best teams in the nfl it was five weeks ago it's time to let it go yeah uh, they're also able to get that victory against the Denver Broncos last week, but I think you can say more about their defense having a good game than their offense. Obviously, Brees Hall had a fantastic game as well, so it wasn't as much Zach Wilson and Garrett Wilson. So, yeah, I think it's just too hard to trust this quarterback-wide receiver connection as elite of a receiver that Garrett Wilson is. It's just that drop-off in production between Aaron Rodgers to now Zach Wilson is just... 
it's hard to rely on that sort of, you know, fantasy performance week in and week out. Because I think there was like one week where it's like he had a 68-yard gain. I think it was in week two or whatever. And that's how he was able to get some good points that way. But outside of that, he wasn't getting enough targets. Or he was getting targets, but he wasn't getting enough receptions to lead to sort of any fantasy value. So, yeah, it, it it's sort of crazy to think of the fact that's like you want to drop Garrett Wilson. But honestly... It's not that ridiculous in my eyes because it's just, yeah, the production is just not there for the quarterback and the relation there is just, it's not there. Because here's the thing is, like, I know what people are going to say of like, no, he's not putting up bad numbers and he's not. He's putting up solid top 30 receiver numbers, but for where people are starting him and where, what some people are giving up for him is ridiculous. It's like, I, I think that while Garrett Wilson will have the occasional week where he does put up 15 plus points, he's not going to do so on a consistent basis where his name, I think his name is warranting a mannership uh, percentage that just is not there. So I honestly God think that like, if you, it, it all depends on the waiver wire. And by the way, if you need like, okay, fine. You're telling me to drop Garrett Wilson, you got to drop him for, you can tune in on Tuesdays when we drop our waiver wire episode for our best pickups, we will tell you who are some more productive receivers to pick up. And not even just receivers. Pick up that extra running back. Put him in your flex spot. Kind of play around with your roster a bit. We're willing to help you there. But for the love of God, stop starting a receiver that is basically playing with a high school quarterback. Yeah, it's very true. It's very true. It's hard to trust him right now. But, Ted, I'm going to flip it around. I'm going to give you a wide receiver that you can trust right now. I can't believe I did that. (laughs) You did. You did. And, yeah, that is not looking like the greatest take you have there. But um, flipping for Garrett Wilson, I'm going to go to a receiver that, surprisingly, I think you can trust. I remember this guy was a breakout candidate for a lot of people. I think it was uh, you as well as as myself. We were both very high on him a couple seasons ago. It just didn't happen. But I think now we're starting to see it finally emerging from this guy in the Buffalo Bills offense. And that is Gabe Davis, the wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills, currently ranked at as the 14th best fantasy wide receiver in PPR leagues. And they're playing the New York Giants. And Ted, unfortunately, the New York Giants are very much in the same boat as the New York Jets, where it's just like, I, except they're worse. They're worse. They're they're two coaches who clearly hate their starting quarterbacks right now. One is Bill Belichick in New England who clearly hates Mac Jones. I honestly got to expect like a 2020 episode to come out eventually about that. The second one is Dable. No, 2020. Oh, like the actual, like, like, no, like Bill Belichick. Well, all right, we're going to spoil the joke here, but like Bill Belichick is, is going to murder Mac Jones. Got it. Okay. Okay. Also, Dable clearly hates Daniel Jones. Well, I think Dable sort of has a... But he's stuck with him. He has an out this week because Daniel Jones is hurt, so he's not going to be playing this week. It's going to be Tyrod Taylor. But that doesn't give me any sort of optimism. I don't think Tyrod Taylor is automatically going to fix things there. Because we look at the the offensive line. This is the reason why I don't Mm. trust it. Because you look at the offensive line. They're still without their starting center. John Michael Schmitz, he is still out. You look at their other tackle. He is out. Andrew Thomas, he is still out. We already talked about Evan Neal sort of just not living up to expectations. He's causing a lot of issues as well. So, I mean, just this offensive line is still going to cause issues for whoever is playing quarterback under center for the New York Giants. And Tyrod Taylor is good but i don't know if he's going to be good enough that you could trust anybody in the giants offense still saquon barkley is still going to be out for this game as well but that has not been confirmed he actually may play this weekend i don't think he will you don't I, think he will? you're right it has been confirmed it's been confirmed i you're think you're right about that but I don't i'm think betting he will. i'm betting you will 
even if he plays, I still don't like him. That's fair. Offense. No, that's I mean, a good point. Yeah, trust him fair. against his Bills yeah. defense. Well, Taylor, well, let's flip things back matter. out because I want to talk about Gabe Davis because if you look at the Giants, and like I said, they're experiencing a ton of issues on offense, and that has led to a defense not playing up to par as well. So their defense is causing a lot of you know broken plays and big gains and teams to sort of do whatever they want on offense. You obviously know about that 40 to nothing beatdown by the Dallas Cowboys in week one. But awesome. you look at what you know the Buffalo offense is doing ever since that week one. We talked about it where they just – I don't know what Josh Allen was doing in that game, but just clearly he has fixed that issue. He's just like, I don't know what I was doing. So he's clearly fixed things that they turned it around. This Bills offense is looking a lot stronger the last handful of weeks. Stephon Diggs is definitely being very ex excellent at the wide receiver position. And because they're playing the New York Giants, I think this offense is really just going to be able to score in bunches. And it's going to be led by Stephon Diggs, of course. And Gabe Davis is going to get into the action as well. He has back-to-back -back games, Tad, scoring over 20 fantasy points. I think he makes it three straight with this game as well. I don't know. It's just, okay. it's 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 be, right. and, but here's the thing is I like this is very atypical of me. I have no stats to back up that statement of I don't know. It's just like Sometimes gut feelings are you know something. It's you not even it's not even a gut feeling. It's just PTSD. Of sure. like, okay. This is finally where Gabe Davis breaks out, and he. I feel like every time we're like, this is where the Gabe Davis party starts, he always disappoints. So I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm just very wary of it. But I will say if you are feeling or if you are forced into taking gamble, this is the right gamble to take. This is a very good one to take. So while I like half agree with your take, I am very worried about it at the same time. And I honest to God attribute it all because Gabe Davis absolutely fucked me last year. <laughs> um, and I do want to make a minor correction. He has not had back-to-back -back games of 20 fantasy point performances. He's had like, two 20 fantasy point per performances. Better, better, better than what I thought he would do. Though. This could be yeah, so he could have three out of six games with 20 fantasy point performances. So that's pretty much what I'm sort of baking on here with this game against the Giants. So that's minor correction that I want to get to there. So let's get to the tight ends here, Tad. You got to start. You got to sit for me. I got to start for you. And I mean, kind of already points we talked about is I, I say you start Cole Komet this week is because okay. yep. this Bears offense is finally starting to click. I think that, you know, you're going against a Vikings team that you got to remember, not only does this defense, as you said uh, earlier, this episode is not good. In fact, I think, I think, and this is very high, well, dishonor with this podcast. Are we going to call him Charles Berkeley, uh, Barkley terrible? They're in that range. I don't need to call of that yet, but they're in that range. Okay, they're, so in that they're range. getting there. They're getting there. They're getting there. And I'm that, not going to commit to it just yet. I think guys. this week will definitely – That's it's going to tip the scale in either direction. Okay. That's like, okay, they're still Oof. borderline, or, yeah, they're going to fall over the edge, and they're going to be Charles Barkley Man, terrible. You, like, yeah, I mean, still, yeah. I'm still on the fence. So especially especially when a Murr does it because he can do it a lot better than I can. When you get to the <laughs> Murr terrible – that's not the yeah. best honor on this yeah. podcast. And they're well, getting I think this there. is a very critical league. This is a critical Well, league. and it's important to remember too, this offense now, speaking of IR, as we have a couple with a couple players, their best player is now off the field and Justin yeah. Jefferson. And I think that that's major. That's major. Th this is the difference between the bears and the Vikings. The bears just kind of felt like they just didn't have it all together. Mm -hmm. And now they're kind of starting to be a cohesive unit. They're starting to kind of feel that vibe. And now it's like, okay, this looks like an NFL team. The Vikings have been a talented team all season and just have felt so disconnected all season. Yeah. 
Yeah. And what's the one thing that disconnection doesn't need? It's losing your best player in Justin Jefferson for at least four weeks. So mm-hmm. I think that there's mm-hmm. a real, real chance that the Bears end up losing or, uh, excuse me, winning big in this game because I think the Vikings are going in, you know, unmotivated. They're going in with their spirits kind of broken, especially if the Bears jump out early. That could really, really like spiritually break the Vikings. And look, I'm, I'm not more time Vikings fans, uh, but as as a team that ne- that has never won the Super Bowl, I cheer for the Vikings. This yeah. is not their year. No, it's cool. not. Definitely not. Yo, all this sell off trade stuff, I, I I call bullshit at the beginning of the season. I'm starting to believe it. Like honestly, honestly, yeah. God, if I was the Vikings GM, I'd start you know doing a fire sale. Point being is. I think the Bears are good for at least three or four passing touchdowns. As you said, Justin Fields is coming off back-to-back four passing touchdown games. One of those has got to go to Cole Komet. Yeah. There's no, no way. Because this Usually Viking, when Justin Fields does well, Cole Komet also right. does well. I and this Viking know. secondary is terrible. And here's the trap that I think some people may fall for, is if you go to ESPN and you, you know, look at, well, how the Vikings do against tight ends, it doesn't matter. Because, sure, they may do well against tight ends, but they don't – their secondary in general sucks, and those stats aren't going – those easy-to-find stats aren't going to show you that. So Cole Komet is number two target for Justin Fields behind DJ Moore. So basically consider him a wide receiver where if you switch to the other side and go wide receiver, well, where are the Vikings stats against the, uh, them? They're the 30th-ranked defense. So I think Cole Komet's good for at least 30 yards and a touchdown, Bar, yeah. barring any injury, of course. For sure. For sure. But yeah, I like that sort of, you know, projected stat line as well. And like I said, usually when Justin Fields has a good performance, he's getting Cole Komet involved. So 100%, I think with Justin Fields having a good game, Cole Komet will be right behind him having a good game as well. So for sure, I like that. Um, I'm going to go with the sit this week, and this is Tyler Higby, tight end with the Los Angeles Rams. They're playing how the Arizona how Cardinals. How long are we going to have to keep talking about him? I think this may be the last week we might have Thank to because God. I think this is the thing here, Tad, because with the return of Cooper Cup, a lot of people were like, are they going to ease him in? Is he going to be on a pitch count? No. He was full system. No, they they right were throwing the ball at him a lot. Exactly. So, I mean, he's back and he's looking great as ever. Obviously, we got the emergence of Puka Nakua. Like, he's playing opposite of him. He's still looking really good, even with Cooper Cup's return. So, that's sort of relegated now. Anybody else in that passing offense? We obviously had the news earlier this week of them trading Van Jefferson to the Atlanta Falcons. So, it's like clearly they are moving forward with Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua in mind. That's like, okay, this is our passing offense now. And so, yeah, Van Jefferson is gone. I don't think. I think we could really trust Tutu Atwell as well as well. Or I think in this case, Tyler Higby, I think he's going to be an afterthought this offense now going forward too. Three things there. One, Tutu Atwell, drop his ass. <laughs> Fancy relevance, he is near zero. Two, Van Jefferson. If you're like, why aren't they talking about that trade? We will touch on that on Monday. Trust me. Three, Tyler Higby, bench his ass. Drop his ass. We'll talk about it. Bench his ass. Keep yeah, going. Through five weeks of action, Higby has a total of 18 receptions for 260 receiving yards and zero touchdowns. And while the Cardinals do pose a weaker defense, I just don't think that they're going to involve him enough where it's going to be worth starting him in your fantasy roster. So, yeah, like I said, this is pretty much Nakua and Cooper Cup that are going to move this offense down the field as far as the passing game. You may see one deep shot to Tutu Atwell. That's a possibility. And maybe Higby will get like a few receptions, but it's not going to be significant enough where you're like, okay, I need to start this guy. That's 100%. You need to keep on the bench. You know who Tutu Atwell is? He is Traquan Smith back in the Saints, like old days, where he would go off. 
we he would go off for like 20 points one week and you're like damn it i should have started him and then you yeah. put him in your starting lineup and then you'd have like two yeah, points yeah. you're like Gives damn it but yeah tyler higby is not gonna be that guy because just unfortunately he's just yeah not good but yeah Tutu that will possibly but just yeah i think just they're getting too no, much Hig- good production right now from nakua and cup that's just like they don't need anybody else really <laughs> how, how much more evidence do we need that for whatever reason this rams offense sean mcvay's offense does not utilize tight ends. They just don't agree yeah. with it. Disagree with it. It does not matter when it comes to fantasy. Stop trusting Rams tight ends. This is the whole reason why Gerald Everett left and went to yeah. the other LA team is because now yeah. we see Gerald Everett become at least somewhat fantasy relevant. Stop trusting Rams. If I see LAR next to tight ends name, I am not going to, again, my leagues are all, uh, you know, auction drafts. I'm not bidding a single dollar for that man. Yeah. That sounded very wrong. I am not bidding a single dollar to have that man on my team. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, initially. Came I off. corrected I myself. No, I know I you did. Myself. I know you did, but yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right, Ted, really quickly, give me your defense thing. and your kicker picks for this week. All right. So the search say, but I'd say start this defense. That's the Jacksonville Jaguars defense against the Indianapolis Colts. They put up 10 plus points when they played each other week one. That was with Anthony Richardson for most of the game, not all of the game, but most of the game. Anthony Richardson, I don't know if you saw this news of is out for the next four weeks. They put him on IR as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a bummer. So Gardner Minshew. You know, the IR was feasting this week. This oh, week. There's a lot of players. Really was. It really was. Well, I mean, we're almost at the halfway point of the season. So it's that true. Tracks. It's true. Uh, so I, I understand that Gardner Minshew upset the Baltimore Ravens. But again, I think I said this even last week is you got to remember the context of that upset is that the Baltimore Ravens were missing half their defensive starters. If they weren't, we, the, we being the Indianapolis Colts would have lost that game. Gardner Minshew is a great backup. Maybe my favorite backup in the NFL. And I would say that any if he was on any other team, I swear to God. With that said, he's still a backup. So I think that while the Colts offense is going to put up a fight, I don't see them winning this game against Jacksonville. I don't see them putting up you know more than 20 points. And I definitely do see them putting up multiple turnovers here. And I know what a lot of people are saying. It's like, well, what about Jonathan Taylor? Which, by the way, I almost put him as a sit. At running back because the Colts smartly are easing clearly easing him back into the role of a starter. So I don't think Jonathan Taylor is going to be much of a factor in this game, especially because I think the Colts are going to fall behind early. So I think the Jaguars defense is going to have, if not a solid, a very, very good day against the Annapolis Colts. In terms of sits, this isn't just a sit. This is a cut. Okay, cut this guy. He is a very dependable name. He's a great story. But for fantasy purposes, he is no longer worthy of even having on your roster. Young Hoku, get him off your. Did I mispronounce it? Yeah, young, you did. Young Hoku. After all young, that build up, you young said Hoku? <laughs> young Hoku. Young Hoku. Young Hoku. But it's an H. Yeah, but it's Korean. Young. So it's young oh man, I didn't stand a chance there. <laughs> young Hoku. There you go. Okay, you Young Hoku. I I I truly do apologize for that. My bad. Uh, go go back, watch the rest of our episodes. You will understand that was a true mistake. So Young Waku, drop him. Drop him. The dude's only gone over 10 points once all year. This Falcons offense is just so inconsistent. Like If they're good, they're scoring a bunch of touchdowns, which means just one point for your kicker. If they're bad, they're not even getting enemy territory, which means no field goal for your kicker. So uh, Young Waku. Did I do that right this time? Yep, you got it. You got it. There we go. So I just, look, I'm not saying he's a bad kicker. 
I'm just saying, fantasy-wise, he cannot be dependent on to get you over 10 points, which you really, really need from your kicker. Yeah, those are good picks. Those way, are good cool. picks. I really should look that up. Damn it! Yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm going to go with the defense as well. I'm going to sit for you. It may seem a little obvious here, but the Cleveland Browns versus the San Francisco 49ers. Newsflash, everyone! The, Cle- the only reason I bring this up is because the Cleveland Browns have actually been pretty good on defense through the first handful of weeks. I know even with Deshaun Watson playing very inconsistently, the defense has been able to keep them in a lot of games. And so now, though, with Deshaun Watson missing this game, they're going to be going with P.J. Walker at the quarterback position. We saw what San Francisco did against a very tough Dallas defense on Sunday night last week. I don't think it's going to be a sort of, you know, that wasn't a fluke sort of coincidence. They're going to be able to carry that over here to Cleveland on the road here um i think they're going to have a good uh good game plan they're going to be solid and so just yeah it's it's hard to trust the cleveland browns defense against this offense that is clicking on all cylinders here for san francisco so sit the cleveland browns defense for sure at the kicker position i gotta start for you we we're talking about gus edwards being a sit because we don't know how we feel about that uh baltimore offense and how we don't feel about this game overall which way it's going to go this could be a kicker's duel. So I very much like that you pick up Nick Folk, the kicker for the Tennessee Titans, because most likely somebody is hard. Already- by the way, I just learned he was on the Titans last weekend. Yeah, and so I think most people have obviously rostered Justin Tucker. Otherwise, he's a fantastic start this week as well, but he's one of those guys that you're automatically starting anyways. But yeah, Nick Folk is probably available in your leagues if you need a streaming option at the kicker position. Um, like we talked about, this game is being played in London. Both teams are traveling to London, so just with the you know the time difference and just getting used to playing there, and they do sightseeing and just like when are they going to practice and all that stuff. It's just it's a it's an interesting week. So it's just like you don't know how these teams are going to look when we actually get to Sunday and the game action there so yeah i can see them very much where both offenses could be stalling lots of kicking opportunities for both kickers so yeah i very much like justin tucker but he's probably rostered or taken so yeah definitely go with nick folk if he's available he'll get you a lot of kicking points this week did you just cite sightseeing as a fancy detriment it is no honestly because they've, they've actually brought this up because they've interviewed players that have gone to London in some of these other games and they've talked about it, where it's just like, yeah, that's part of your, you know, itinerary there. It's like you do a little bit of sightseeing. So it's like, it's not just, you know, obviously you're there to play the game, but that's part of the whole week too. That's like, you know, you're doing practice and you're traveling and then obviously seeing a few things. And so it's just like, yeah, that plays into obviously you adjusting to your week there and having your mind fully focused on this game. Okay. You can find interviews whatever, whatever you say, buddy. <laughs> I'm telling you, though, regardless, just like I, I said. I'm, these, not, I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing. These international I mean, games are a little bit different, so I'll just say Whatever saying. you say, man. Well, no, they are very much different, hence why I hate them. <laughs> for sure. For sure. All right, so those are our start and sick picks here for week six, Tad. Real quickly, why don't you get to your favorite bets for this week here in week six? All right. Should I go spread, money line, both, or one? Um. Give me your favorite bet overall. So whether that's a, whether that's a spread oh, or whether that's the money line, which one do you like more? Dare you, sir? That is tough. <laughs> but hey, you know what? I think just this benefits as to why it's very important to follow us on social media because we give you all of our picks, not just all of Tad's picks, but you get all of my picks as well. How, so we'll how plug do that you in. always sign that so goddamn We'll plug that at the end there because first we want to get to Tad's picks and then we'll give you all the pluggy information. But you see the ticker down below. That's all the information is. But yeah, Tad, what is your favorite bet this week here in week six? I really – so first off, the bets this week were hard. Okay, got it. They got were it. tough, but – 
This is the both in a very weird way that I will never be able to put into words, which I'm sure is just magical for a podcast. Yeah. This is both the bet I'm most nervous for, but I'm most nervous for it because it's the one I'm most confident in. The right. Bears are somehow underdogs against the Minnesota Vikings. And the only reason I'm wow. saying that is because I think the Vikings are, since they're playing at home, is what I always say almost every episode. I feel like I've been saying this for the past two, three years now. You go awesome. for the you go for the stupid home field advantage. Uh, what yeah. team has a home field advantage, even though they're not as good as the team they're playing, simply because they're home, they are favorites. And this week, I think, is the Minnesota Vikings. The Bears are at are underdogs at plus 135 we've already talked about i think without justin jefferson we're not entirely sure how this vikings offense is going to look alexander madison while he has stepped up his game ever since the k makers trade he's not that difference maker running back that dalvin cook once was uh which by the way i'm not saying the vikings made the wrong move because dalvin cook looks washed as well so basically i think the vikings were screwed either way so i can honestly see the bears winning this one pretty handily i can also see this being a little closer but ultimately i see the bears winning this so the bears as underdogs at plus 135 i like that as my favorite bet going into this week all right so you got tad's favorite bet there but just like we talked about you get more of tad's picks he also gives your picks for the spread line as well as a prop pick and then you got all of my picks as well and the only place that you can find all of those picks is you got us on the ticker down below with all of our social media handles you got us on twitter you got me at armor the side 23 you got tad at tad the side 94 got the show handle at the decide guys and of course on instagram at the decide guys as well give us a follow we drop all of our graphics out there we also do very personal interaction so we say this on every episode interact with us we'd love to hear questions when it comes to you what you have for start to decisions what do you want to do on the waiver wire if you're trying to make some trades if you're trying to make some additional bets like i mean anything as far as like some personalized advice that you need please interact with us we're here to give you some individual attention when it comes to your leagues to help you win your leagues we want you winning some titles this year me and tad are here to help you win those titles those championships what have you so please interact with us we're here to help you out um also make sure you subscribe to to your podcast whether it's on apple podcast google podcast spotify you can listen right on the lefb network website as well hit that subscribe button always be up to date with our podcast if you're watching us on youtube make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel so we're always up to date with our youtube videos and please make sure you're supporting our parent network at lefb network they give you a lot of great content when it comes to the college level with the ucla bruins and the uc usc trojans and on the professional level with the los angeles chargers and the los angeles rams so a lot of great content covering all four uh la based sports football teams there so yeah give them a good support as far as their various social media handles and podcasts and content on the website but guys to everybody who's already interacting with us who's uh watching our videos who's listening to our podcast i mean just anything and everything that you're doing guys we really can't thank you enough so Mark, something funny happened to me the other day where i asked my students if they all understood the lesson i just taught them they all nod their okay. heads and they were like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And then as I was like, all right, bye guys. And they were all leaving my room. One student pulled me over and they go, uh, okay, I didn't get that lesson. Like, nice. Why didn't you of raise course. your hand? Of course, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, why didn't you tell me at the time? And they just go, well, I didn't want everyone else to know. Yeah. I was like, yeah. okay, yeah, honestly, fair. fair. Fair, fair, yeah. I find that fantasy football owners or managers are largely the same way. Whereas like, I don't want 
other people knowing that I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not saying you guys don't know what you're doing, but I don't want you don't want other managers knowing that you're, you know, a little lost, that you need a little help. It's it's exact. I will tell you guys exactly why I told that student. I'm not talking down to you. This is honest to God advice. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. Sure. Asking for help in front of other people is hard. Asking is. help for in private when that option is available is not. No. So, and I mean, America can attest to this too. We've had several people reach out to us privately in Instagram messages, via Twitter direct messages saying, hey, what do I do in this situation? If you do not want to reply to our tweets or comment on our Instagram posts, that's fine. But look, either you're going to lose this week or you're going to listen to our advice and you're going to win. It's very true. So if you need our advice, but you don't want anyone in your league knowing that you reach out to us for help, we get it. Trust me. I put out some – I will stop that conver- that sentence right there. My friends listen to this podcast. <laughs> I'm aware of that. That's all I will say. Yep. Very true. Bottom line being is if you need a private message us for advice, we will absolutely respond and help you out best we can. So do not be afraid. On all those same handles right below us, see, how do you get this timing right? Because I just hit it when we're halfway through. I really hate you sometimes. <laughs> Bottom line being, we are willing to help you privately in the messages as well so none of your other, other league members see it. And in fact, if we end up helping you win the championship, all we ask is you got to share the loser's punishment with us. 100%. We got to see those videos. We got to see those pictures. That's all we ask. That's all we want. So as always, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching to our YouTube video, uh, audience. And please stay safe, everyone.